0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: All right, back here on Sports Talk, we welcome in now Will McFadden, host of Believe in Falcons on Believe Podcast Network. Will, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you know, it's big time, less than 48 hours. And uh, I think this is, I know the Bears, Packers, I get that rivalry, but um, man, this is a, a college esque rivalry. It has a college feel to it. Saints and Falcons, week one.
2: It absolutely does. Um, and I, I actually had a former Saints receiver Terrence Copper on on my podcast this week to break it down. And, and what was really interesting is that he also played in the Baltimore Pittsburgh rivalry game, which you know I think certainly belongs in that category that you just mentioned. And he he said that one felt. Definitely more like a, a, an earnest, sincere hatred between the two teams. Like, they took that so seriously. When I think about the Falcons and the Saints, it's the pettiest rivalry, man. It is, it is. Everybody loves to see the other fan base in absolute misery, and that almost brings them as much joy as kind of the thrill of success. And that's what makes this, like you mentioned, a college rivalry type of environment. And it's the best, honestly, man. It is. I, I went on a um,
1: Atlanta radio station this morning, and they asked me, "Will um, what do you what, what's the expectation for the Saints this year?" You know, and I knew what he was getting at, which was I think the Saints are a ten win football team, maybe an eleven win football team. But I said it starts this Sunday uh, when the Saints go to Atlanta and beat the Falcons twenty eight to three. You know, and and, <laughs> and 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 look, some of the Falcons fans came out of the woodwork on Twitter, and um, I was like, "Relax, this is at the end of the day." this is just football. It's not life or death. So, um, you know, just relax a little bit. I want to transition, though, into uh, Marcus Mariota. What have you seen from him in the preseason and in training camp?
2: Yeah, I think that he he definitely improved throughout the camp, and that's not to say that he was struggling early on by any means. It's just that what really kind of stood out was his comfort in the offense, his kind of command, his understanding, which is perfectly understandable given his past with Arthur Smith, but then as the – Uh, Camp kind of wore along. The preseason game started happening. I thought he became much crisper with his passes. I think he started taking more chances, which, again, understandable because it takes some time to develop that chemistry when all of your receivers are new. You know, the playbook's not new, but the receivers are. And then, of course, what has been most apparent and most different from Matt Ryan is the scrambling ability. Uh, We didn't see maybe too many designed run plays, by the quarterback in the preseason, although Marcus Mariota certainly took every opportunity uh, to kind of make some plays with his legs. But I think that designed runs as well as plays maybe not designed for the quarterback to run but to get him on the move and open up some some space kind of and stretch the field, I think that is all going to be a part of Atlanta's playbook when it maybe necessarily wasn't last year with Matt Ryan.
1: What's the fan base like? Are they are they kind of apathetic right now? Are they are they intrigued? No Matt Ryan anymore? How did that play out in Atlanta? Because look, I I think Matt Ryan can flat out play, and I think the Falcons didn't get better as a football team getting rid of him.
2: I you know I don't think apathetic is the right word. There's certainly a lot of energy. It's this energy is is kind of divided. I think in a couple of different directions. There are those who are buying into uh, a little bit of the new regime's messaging, which you know Arthur Smith has said, "Look, we're going out there to compete. You know, the record will be what the record will be, but every single week, you know, we're coming out here trying to win games." I think a lot of people are resonating with that, and they understand that it's going to be a process. But on the other side of the coin, you've got a lot of people saying, "Throw in the towel already. We want to go two and fifteen and get the number one pick." and you know, tank for Bryce and all of that good stuff, which is only natural when when you've got a team where expectations aren't very high. But the one commonality and the really interesting thing to me that I think a season like this, when you're year two into what everybody expects to be, maybe a year three or a three-year rebuild, and the reason year three is crucial is because of the financial um, ability and freedom that they will have this coming offseason. But when you're in that transition – People are paying much more um, attention, I think, to the actual football, to the players, to the aspects of the game that they may not. Otherwise, when you're expected to you know, compete for a playoff t- uh, spot and you've got you know, exciting players on offense and defense or what have you, they're watching the left guard. You know, they're watching the inside linebacker. And I think the actual degree of football knowledge in this city has grown over the past couple of years because the success, ironically, has not been there. The fill in the blank here: the Saints lose to the Falcons
1: if, mm. like, what has to happen uh, aside from yeah. three three turnovers? I mean, you know, give me a player that just has a
2: big day, and that's the that's the chance that that Atlanta has. Well, you know, I, I think that I think that realistically, we've seen games won and lost, kind of situationally between these two teams. You know, I could see if Atlanta makes the right stops on third and short, fourth and short if it gets there, and then conversely if they're, you know, three of three in the red zone, four of four in the red zone. And so I was I was kind of maybe anticipating some type of X factor question. I think my answer is going to be the running backs not named Cordero Patterson. Um, Tyler Algier, the rookie, a lot of high expectations. I think he is maybe the burliest of the of the Falcons running backs, if if that's fair to say. And I expect him to kind of get some of that short yardage work. But again, he's a rookie. It's his very first NFL game and what a first game to play. And then Damian Williams, who I think the coaching staff trusts a lot, but didn't get a ton of run in the preseason. So I'm really curious to see the role that he has on this team. But those two guys, I think, will be used in some key situations. And whether or not that trust, uh, you know, forebears success for Atlanta, I think that could really swing the game. Because, again, red zone – third down, fourth down, we've seen the better team in these games before, maybe not always the most talented team, but the better team in those areas can can sometimes pull off an upset.
1: Will McFadden, host of the Believe in Falcons podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Um, Will, I would imagine, and tell me if you disagree with this, I was talking earlier about potentially what the Saints are going to try to do to Marcus Mariota is, hey, stop the run. Marcus Mariota, you got to beat us in the pocket through the
2: air. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's, that's a pretty pretty solid strategy. Um, and, and what I'm really curious to see uh, is Cameron Jordan, I know, made, made some jokes about Matt Ryan obviously not being there um, because he's you know, feasted on, on Matt Ryan and, and this Falcons offense line for a good bit of his career. Obviously, Caleb McGarry, I think this is a really crucial matchup for him right off the bat. He's, you know He's been beaten by Cameron Jordan before, but he's also held up well I really want to see the Marcus Mariota effect being in there in the pocket. How does that change the Saints' rush lanes? You know, Matt Ryan likes to step up in the pocket. So you can kind of go out wide, corral him back in, and then get that pressure on the inside with maybe an outside start and then an inside move to get back in once you open up that inside lane. Marcus Mariota is fine with stepping out and, and rushing around. So how do the Saints kind of adjust when Matt Ryan is no longer the quarterback back there? But I totally agree. They want to shut down the run game. They want to box Marcus Mariota in and then make him rely on Kyle Pitts, Drake London, who it remains to be seen, whether or not he'll be out there, but these receivers where there are a lot more question marks.
1: I think the Saints are going to use a little bit of a muddle rush technique where you know they're kind of rushing to the depth of the football at the defensive end position and kind of keeping Marcus Mariota in the pocket and relying really more on the interior pressure to get and try to flush him to one of the ends, whether Marcus Davenport yep. – or, or Cam Jordan or whoever's playing in. The Saints have so many defensive ends with uh, – I mean, wait, I don't know how much of attention you paid to this, but, Will, the defensive ends for the Saints, they all have the same basic characteristic. Long. Cam Jordan is the littlest one in terms of length. I mean, there's so <laughs> much length. And think about that. Cam Jordan's not a little guy. Yeah, you're saying they have a type. Yeah, oh, yeah, they have a type. They have a prototype. You know, six five, six six, long arms, lean, can bend. Uh, you know, I'm, I guess my point is, to go back to answer your question, I think it is a muddle-huddle, a muddle-rush uh, muddle, uh, kind of approach where, you know, yeah, the outside ends are going to try to sack Mariota, but really just kind of stay to the depth
2: of the football so he doesn't get around you. 100%. And, I mean, you talk about length, too. These these receivers for Atlanta, that was a big, big conversation point throughout the off season. I think the Saints have a really solid secondary. Obviously, you know, Debo playing well last year. We know Marshawn Lattimore can do. But I'm curious this will be the first chance that we kind of get the size that Atlanta has cultivated on the edges, how that will impact the ability of or the style of football they're allowed to play against um, other teams. And, you know, there's kind of no better uh, case test, I guess, than than the guys right down the road in New Orleans.
1: Yeah, well, Debo's out. He's not going to play. He's got an ankle injury. So there's, oh, a, man. there's a big big aware a, of that. bit of a break. Yeah. He, he he's not playing. Mike Thomas is listed as questionable. I, I have will I have almost every confident confidence, uh, that Mike Thomas is going to be on the field Sunday when they kick off against uh, the Falcons.
2: Well, I you know, he kinda I believe he, he had one matchup against AJ Terrell his rookie year and I think he got the best of him there as he usually does a lot of corners, so I'm very excited for the uh for the rematch if, if Mike Thomas does suit up.
1: Is Desmond Ritter uh, uh, an early um, candidate? Like, if if Mariota struggles early, maybe even in the first half, could would they go to Desmond Ritter?
2: Not in this game. I, I really, I really don't foresee any any situation where Desmond Ritter gets, unless it is like by design, right? Unless yeah. there are certain yeah. packages that that they want to bring Desmond Ritter in for to do that. Because one of the things Arthur Smith has said this week talking about the reason Desmond Ritter played so much in the preseason. I mean, pretty much played the entirety of the, of the uh, final preseason game was because that's really the prime opportunity for a young quarterback to get those reps and to grow. Hinting that, you know, the regular season, you don't get that opportunity. So, you know, it, it remains to be seen how long it's going to be before they're, they feel like he is prepared and ready or that circumstances dictate that, you know, the season is kind of officially ended, and when that point comes, then I think they'll make the decision to kind of see what they have in their rookie who played really well in the preseason. I don't think New Orleans is going to see him out there this week. However, for the rematch, much later in the season, I wouldn't be surprised if Desmond Ritter is is the quarterback. Will, thanks for the time, man. No problem. Happy to help anytime.
1: All right, Will McFadden, host of Believe in Falcons on the Believe Podcast Network. Mike Haas, the Voices of the Saints, is next here on Sports Talk on WWL.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.